Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Brr. Oh my God, it's so cold. It's such a cold open right now. Hey, what's up? I'm Zach Harper from Count the Dinks, one of the hosts of Cinephobe. You hear me on the mailbag? You see me on The Athletic? You hear me on SiriusXM NBA Radio, SiriusXM Mad Dog Sports Radio, and a bunch of podcasts from The Athletic. But right now, I'm letting you know that if this is the first time you are finding out that Cinephobe did the movie Money Train starring Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, Jennifer Lopez, Robert Blake, buddy, you're out of your mind. This isn't the first part of the episode. This is a two-part episode, and this is part two. You messed up. So go back in the Cinephobe feed. And check out part one so you're caught up so you know what the cast was, the director, the writer, the budget, the tagline, how it did at the box office, what the reviews are, negative and positive. Are you a half glass full kind of guy, half glass empty kind of guy? Whatever that was, we had the review for you. And we're joined by Roy Bellamy from The Lebitard Show with Stu Gotts. Roy, one of their fantastic producers, joined us. He loves this movie. He's all in on talking about this movie. He's got a lot of issues with this movie. He's got a lot of stuff he likes with this movie. And we got into all of that in part one. We got introduced to everything. You know, Woody Harrelson's kind of a fuck up. You know, Wesley Snipes, the the foster brother of Woody Harrelson. Spoiler alert. And see, you should have listened to part one. It would be a spoiler for you. And so now they're going to get into the nitty gritty of this movie. The heist. The money train. Will they get the money? Will they not? Find out with Zach, that's me, with Amin, with Maze, with Roy, 
right here on part two of the two-part episode of Cinephobes Money Train. I could not imagine spending three hours on something that I didn't like after <laughs> ten minutes. You don't like it. You are a weird individual to keep watching. What are you, nuts? You dedicated a week of your life to dislike something? Get a hobby. Knit something. Go for a walk. Previously on Cinephobe. How am I supposed to go back to the me before all of this pain? Excuse me. We're new in town and we've never had sex before. Would you give us a hand? I would have rather seen his cock. Out of way, Bobby! This episode in this movie exists. You bet your sweet ass I saw a lawnmower man. Oh, Teddy. I'll call some guys from my neck of the woods. We're not talking, Brooke, about a couple of queens who know a few grapples. We're talking about Polacks that don't have a goddamn future. You have a stupid heart and a stupid brain. Regular Einstein. You think I'm a coward? You're wrong. I'm not a coward. You're the coward. I'm not a coward. I love cocaine. I do it all the time. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't mean fag like homosexual. I mean fag like retard. I got nukes shooting out of my dick right now. I've got so many nukes. Dick nukes. I mean, look at this buffet of ass. Mouth to dildo, dildo to ass. Ass to ass. Hi, Brant. Anal beads. I'm the goddamn talent, Maze. Look, Gene, I've never told anyone this before. My head! But I can suck my own dick. And I do it a lot. 1038. This movie is shit. You don't know shit. Holy shit, bro. I had the same note, too. I swear to God, both of you guys are the biggest fucking liars in the world. Howdy, howdy, howdy. You should have saved this for the train. All right, au revoir, Lubin. Lisa, solid. Oh, I mean, why don't you just be like a regular person and dream about regular threesomes? Like cones. Give me some soul, kisses, baby. Hey, beautiful. Like, oh. Dang. Oh. Oh. I can't indulge this comparison to a person that I mean may or may not know in a movie that has nothing to do with this podcast. That's some 20th century shit, bitch. We will tangle ass. Say hi to your mother for me. And you will lose. What's the end game? Okay, now everyone's dead. What is fucking Spence from Ballers? Who cares what the end game is? I am Brad. <laughs> He sees Grace playing pinball, orders two jacks and two beers. She is aggressively humping that pinball machine. Got to, man. You got to tilt that thing. It just made me think of Bad Santa. (laughs) I got to say, though, I mean, after a work day like that, you go straight to the bar? I think so, because I think the risk there, Roy, is if you go home first, you're probably staying home, right? Like, I think once you hit that couch... It's it's over after you've been in a fight and been in a chase and everything. I think that's too. I think that's asking a lot. I think you got to go straight to the bar. Man, I got liquor at the house. I'll stay home. I mean, that's the cheaper, smarter option. Unless <laughs> try to get J Lo, then you got to go yeah. to the bar. Well, you just chase my mind. He brings the shot, says it's a little heavy, so she should drink carefully, and she downs that shot. Yeah, Wesley's just mansplaining how alcohol works. He's mansplaining Jack. Did he think that that was the first time she's ever had hard alcohol? 
She's Jenny from the block, man. As a cop. <laughs> she was born in uh, He says not to beat herself up about the torch getting away. Booth clerk's going to be fine. She delivers some lines pretty poorly here. Uh, they both take their jobs very seriously. Now they're flirting. There's flirting. tension. So question, have you ever had relations with someone you work with? This, oh is, a, this is a hard and fast to mean rule. Don't, I don't do it. Oh, it's a terrible idea, but I've done it a lot. A lot? It's an HR violation. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm going to get them fired if they don't. (laughs) Never do that. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. I dated one for three years, and now we still work together. It's great. Oh, wow, Maze. Oh, man. Wow. Is it awkward? Yes. (laughs) The delight delight that Amin has in Maze's breakup (laughs) is, is odd. You don't shit where you eat, man. Is it? Isn't it? I've shit where I eat. <laughs> I've shit where I eat too many times in my life. <laughs> it's not a good decision, but you know, to quote the great James from Showgirls, I mean, I got a problem with pussy. <laughs> Charlie interrupts, gives her a rose. John says he probably stole it. We get some banter with Charlie and John as he goes to beers. Wesley talks about how Woody is broke. Woody says Wesley is gay. Banter. Some guy asks John how it feels to be brothers with a white guy. That opens up for oh, some man. black guy exposition, as I say. Uh, yes, yes. Look, I got something I gotta do. All right, stay black, man. Yeah, man. Ain't got no choice. Grace leaves in a cab. The guys are apoplectic. They sing Amazing Grace as she leaves. Transit twins. The night's a puppy. I'm going to start saying that. Don't say that. That's awful. The night's a puppy? That's a great way of saying the night is young. There's a reason you haven't heard it since 1995. It's terrible. I'm bringing it back. We get exposition that the mom isn't alive. Oh. Uh, we get some shit-talking banter about who will win. I call this scene, White Men Can't Jump, but they can exposition. My ceiling is always your floor. <laughs> well, move out the motherfucking building then. I, I happen, happen to, to like, like the motherfucking, motherfucking building. building. Then what's your complaint? They're about to maybe fight. And this is a saying that I like Wesley Snipes using and i have tried to use it in playful fight situations with friends before where he says i'm over here you're over there ain't nothing between us but the motherfucking air i like that it's got a way with words nice it rhymes yeah Yeah. it's got a good cadence to it they get run up on by lawrence gilliard aka d'angelo barksdale and i wrote jesus how old is he because he looks exactly the same i've always thought he was like a younger actor when he was but I guess this is what four years, five years before was, the wire. I was staggered. I was like, no, the wire was like 2002. The wire was post 9/11, so that's oh, seven that's right. Years. Okay, yeah, so seven years. Seven years, right? Like, and he looks exactly the same. And he was in The Deuce, which is the HBO show that was about 42nd Street and how it transformed from sex shops or whatever to the kind of Disneyland that it is now. And he's in that, and he looks the same. Uh, who was the actress that we we're saying that we were really impressed by? She was in Johnny Be Good. And I'm like, oh, my God, how old is she? Because if she's in Johnny B. Good playing the head coach's wife. Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly and Lawrence Gillard win the award for, you guys are a lot older than I thought you were. We also have Flex Alexander. No, he was the other guy? He's the other dude. Oh, I didn't notice. This is before Homeboys from Outer Space. Homeboys in Outer Space, I guess. Wait, let me look it up. (laughs) I think it's right around the same time. Yeah, it's a year before Homeboys in Outer Space. Wow. 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 File. No, we're not doing TV, but file. Sitting above the TV series. (laughs) Yeah, spin off podcast. 
There's going to be a lot of Owen Wilson uh, drops by Mays in this one. I just realized how many times I just said wow in this podcast. Yeah, so. it's got to be a lot. It's, <laughs> it's got to be a lot. <laughs> wow, I swear I got screwed on the old bedroom selection. Every room's like four times as big as mine. Wow. Wow, look at this. Do you know what this means? Wow, you're in good company. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's great to give something back like that. I'd love to find time to do some volunteer work. Are you guys insane? Do you understand that it's a disease? <laughs> wow, and how'd that affect you with guys? Do they not want to get busy with you? Wow, this is a nice boat. Flippers and all, wow. Wow. Wow, they feel really nice. Oh, man, I feel like, wow. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow, it looks great. Charlie and John pull their guns out, and we have a standoff. Now they're arguing about which one is at fault here. They turn their guns on each other. What, you gonna blame this shit on me, too? Oh, this is definitely your fault. Oh, it's my fault. Who is watching the street? I can't street? believe this. I got to my go back out like this. to the street. Charlie, I'm so Stop sick of your shit. Stop everything on me, Because this one definitely is your fault. Oh, I don't care who caused this shit. Just give it up. Me a fuck up. I didn't call you fuck a fuck you, up. Man. I can tell you. What do you mean, fuck me? Fuck you. No, fuck you. Fuck you. What the fuck you talking about, fuck you? I'm busting cap in your ass like motherfucker. I'm robbing your motherfucking ass. Give up your shit. Yo, I tell you what. I'll get the shoes. Don't worry about it. Over here. Hello. I got him. I'll shoot you in your good eye, man. This is a great scene. It works. They leave. John says to go for it with Grace. He'll get out of the way. Hope she makes him happy. It's a great way to get out of a robbery right there. Good way to get out of a robbery. Call out the bolo defense. Do you think that would work? You out crazy the crazy. I don't know, man. If you have guns, maybe. Yeah, if you have guns, definitely. Now we have John and Charlie riding back up on the money train. Hank Schrader is there, repeat offender. Then I wrote the guy from Just Shoot Me that Amin thought was the Ripper and Last Action Hero and looks <laughs> nothing like him. I mean, wow. No. <laughs> looks nothing like him. I cannot stress enough. Exactly like him. The racism that it means is two bald white men. <laughs> That's it. Grace is there too. There's a lot of testosterone on that train. We find out the money train takes in three or four million dollars a night around that time of year. Exposition. Charlie's drooling. He's making mental notes. There's a construction tunnel on the route. One of the guards starts pushing John, and they're in a shoving match. And we get another. You're not going to hit him. Why? Because I'm going to hit him. Charlie punches the guy this time. Grace takes down another dude. John is just throwing money bags at a guy. Cut to Robert Blake in the command center office with all three of them. Wife, girlfriend, sister, a white brother, a black brother, and a Latino sister, which not the correct gender use there. By the method way. actor? <laughs> method acting. <laughs> he is method acting his ass off. <laughs> he dismisses her from the meeting in a racist I, manner. Says these guys have their nuts as, in a ringer. As he's walking past the she, your wife, your girlfriend, I wrote something racist is coming down the pike. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what, what angle he's going to take, but I knew there's something racist coming down the pike. Something racist this way comes. <laughs> <laughs> there's money missing from the train. $25,000 missing. Blake knows Charlie's in debt from gambling. Then the meeting's interrupted. They found the money. It was another guard. Blake says they can go, but he doesn't apologize. Charlie asks whatever happened to that money train model from his desk. 
He says, you're right on the edge. You're a wreck looking for some place to happen. I'll be there and I'll fuck you dead. dead. And I wrote tension. Smash cut to Woody and Wesley arguing about what fuck you dead means. The <laughs> <laughs> thing he wants to fuck us before we're dead or fuck us after we're dead? Well, I understood that when we're dead, that's when he wants to fuck us. Either way, it's a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> fuck him. I mean, thinking I stole the money, that's insulting. Charlie's putting together a plan for if they rob the money train spot where the construction spot was empties into the park john says it'll never work they're talking out at a bar and fantasizing one point charlie says i'm black and i'm proud yeah. i got a question about that you think they use that in the trailer moody saying i'm black and i'm proud i kind of remember that but i don't know if i remember that from the trailer or just from the movie but i think they do yeah that seems like a clear yeah you gotta cut that up for the trailer that just seems pretty obvious to me it's too good yeah it's too good for like to have woody harrelson saying that to wesley snipes like it's just that's the banter they're trying to sell exactly we all get a good laugh ha ah, ha ha this movie has some laughs in it yay go on and watch it actually yeah you get laughs in it like ah oh, look two sides coming together you know black and white we can all live in harmony like they're you know they're selling an american dream here ebony ivory yeah yeah that sort of thing yeah they're gonna become cruise people or buy an island molly bali or tahiti any of the e islands if you become a millionaire yeah three to four million dollars are you becoming a cruise person no no now, cruises are not a part of my i've never been on a cruise i know obviously roy in south florida it's a regular thing like it sounds like you guys have talked about on on levitard show often about just like random cruises like is that just kind of a spur of the moment like hey we're gonna take a day cruise kind of thing Sometimes, but if you're like a Billy Gill or a Greg Cody, you are just waiting for the day. You're in it. Like, you're, like they're in that that life, right? Yes, they are. And the next time you see me on a boat, best believe there's going to be a drink package situation because <laughs> I, I'm going to be trapped on that thing. Yeah, wow. I don't trust them. Like I would have to be really drunk at all times. Mm-hmm, absolutely walking around looking like uh, woody and uh, wesley faking like <laughs> right exactly they're just prepping us for the sequel money boat oh, uh, wow Hook money boat veins. oh my god <laughs> got lightheaded thinking about that you're talking about international waters let's make it real baby so they get transferred they get transferred to the port authority <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, they are. Maybe they got promoted to the Port Authority. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Charlie says New Year's, New Year's Eve is the biggest day to do it. The money will be fat because of Yo MTV raps. Uh, <laughs> that breaks John's concentration. Says to come back down to earth. They're not going to rob the money train. John sees Grace then dancing by herself in the courtyard behind the bar. He what? starts dancing with her. What? She's. <laughs> It's, it was too hot inside. It's December in New York. Why are we going outside the dance? It's going to be so cold out there. Like, I get maybe walking outside for a second. There's no way she's just dancing out there outside by herself. Like, it's got to be like 15 degrees, 20 degrees. She's just in a turtleneck. This is stupid. Why is she going outside? This is so forced. That part is actually the least believable part of this movie to me, like where I was angry. Yes, 100%. Yes, but heat was generated, though. <laughs> all right generated. that's that's fair he is generated between the two of them because they are oh man they're flirting their ass off now a slow song comes on he claims he doesn't dance the slow music then he slides up to her her gun was poking both of them it breaks the moment a bit then they get back into it put your stuff to the back you put your stuff to the back he starts to go for a kiss and then holds off goes back inside fuck is this scene man what the fuck here's the thing about this scene 
he's actually from the Bronx. So he was born in Orlando, Florida, but he moved as a child to the Bronx, grew up in the Bronx, and went to the LaGuardia High School for Performing Arts. Wesley Snipes was actually like classically trained as an actor. He ended up moving back to Orlando and graduating high school from there before being discovered, I think, in Wildcats. Later on, he was in Martin Scorsese's bad video for Michael Jackson. King of New York, he won yes. to do next. So I say all this to say that Wesley Snipes is a really weird Venn diagram of someone who is a martial artist, like black belt in several different disciplines, while also being a classically trained actor, someone who you know went to school for this. And that gives you this weird confluence of an action star who can actually act. And that's why Wesley Snipes is one of the most underrated actors in the history of cinema. What does that have to do with this scene? <laughs> uh, well, because in the scene, it, when he comes out and she's dancing. He says they're from the Bronx. Yeah, and so is J-Lo. Look, I don't want to profile here, but Amin seems wildly impressed that Wesley Snipes, a black man, can dance. No, no, no. It's because he said, I'm from the Bronx. And I was like, wait a second, is he from the Bronx? Or like, where is he from? And that's when I went in the rabbit hole of like Wesley Snipes' early life. He's actually literally from the Bronx. He's not playing a character who's from the Bronx. He is actually from the Bronx. As he's leaving, he sees Charlie bring Grace a frozen margarita in December. Pina colada, Zach. Come on. That's a frozen margarita. Talking about Island, Zach. What? He says, I got you a pina colada. He didn't say that. I don't believe that. Next morning, Charlie. I will fight you. Sounds racist to me. Yeah, that does sound racist. I agree. I thought it was a racist move by Charlie. And a pretty racist movie, it turns out. Charlie <laughs> jumps on John's bed to wake him up. John pulls a gun on him. Charlie has an upsetting ponytail in this scene, and he's been out all night with Grace. John's bed is in the middle of the room, which I find deeply disturbing. The other thing I want to point out is, uh, since you brought up hair, is Woody Harrelson's hair in this movie is quite ridiculous. It was a mistake for him to go that route. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Does he ever have good hair? No, but well, I mean, it's fine in it's fine in White Men Can't Jump. Yeah, it's not good, but it's fine, right? Yeah, like him with long hair is not a good look. No, no, it looked like he was wearing fake extensions on top of a balding head. <laughs> You won't tell John how the night went with Grace, a gentleman never tells. Cut to John hitting a heavy bag in the police gym. Grace walks in. She wants to go a few rounds with him in the ring. I wrote, I bet she does. Another totally logical, makes complete sense scene. (laughs) Says not to go easy on her. She's really punching him and wants to talk about last night. Wants to talk to them and not Charlie. He says it's because of Charlie. She says that she heard he's kind of a fuck-up, and that's when John unleashes on her and knocks her down. Then he's mad at himself for punching her. Sexual attention? <laughs> a lot of attention. <laughs> this is boxing exposition, see? Because whenever you say something bad about Woody, Wesley gets mad. He gets mad. It triggers him. She wants to know about the two of them still. She then punches him back. He laughs. Says, this could get painful. She says, hey. Love hurts. Love triangle. Yeah. We're all right. Charlie's leaving work. John wants to talk to him, gives him an envelope full of money. It's the 15K that he needs. Been saving it for a rainy day, and it's raining. Says to handle his affairs with it. John wants to talk tomorrow night about something. On the train, and a little old lady is walking through the subway car. She knocks into Charlie. He makes sure she's okay. What a smooth old lady. Before we go on, I just want to ask this question. You think that... Wesley paid off Woody with the $15,000 so he could be with J-Lo. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't considered that. Oh, that's like a guilt-free, like, let me get you out of trouble here. But by the way, I'm going to take this girl. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. I think that's the case. It's almost a dowry of sorts, which would then make Charlie Grace's father? <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> that how I don't think that. That's probably that's how much guilt costs fifteen grand. Damn, that that's I mean, affordable to me. I gotta say that shit better last. Yeah, last it up until that old woman too <laughs> met up with him. <laughs> so she, so Charlie's on the train. Sees a, a guy get his wallet stolen. Handcuffs the guy. Gives him his wallet back and says to keep his wallet in his jacket. Starts patting down his jacket, and that envelope is gone. And he sees it's the old woman. She walks away spryly, and the doors close. He can't run after her. That money is gone. Silver Fox. So is this old woman actually a young woman in disguise? Oh, great question. That's a great question. A lot of makeup. Yeah, that'd be heavy makeup. That'd be a lot of prosthetics. Like, I think you can just kind of, I mean, she's kind of acting her ass off in her daily life if that's what she's doing. Oh, the old woman's killing it. Yeah, she's doing great. Grace shows up at John's place. She says round two, they're going to fuck. Charlie shows up to the cabaret club with bad guys, tries to explain that he had the money, but someone dipped him. Terrible idea. Yeah, awful idea. They didn't give you a timeline. Why go explain it to them? Exactly. They beat the shit out of him as Grace and John fuck. This is a really weird cross-cutting scene. And I wrote, whoa, (laughs) she's actually topless. She must not have thought she'd be a mega famous star. Do you think she would take back this semi-nude scene? Because I don't think she's been topless in any other movie. I mean, this is right after In Living Color, too, right? Yes. I got to tell you, though, Woody's having the, the he's having a very rough day, and Wrestling's over here having a time of his life, man. What a, yeah. what a night for Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, Wesley's, Wesley's having a great, great day. And <laughs> Woody's having a, he's going through it. He's having a tough one. <laughs> when he's having the love scene with Jennifer Lopez, I put the note, boy, Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> Charlie walks back to John's place. He's beaten. He's battered. He walks in there, sees Grace in bed with John. John wakes up briefly, sees Charlie peering through the glass. Super awkward eye contact. John gets up, runs after him in a robe. I wrote, yes, I mean, we've had the robe conversation many times on this podcast now. Charlie says he knew it was going on the whole time. He's happy for them. They're brothers. John asks about the money and Mr. Brown. Charlie says he lost the money, but what else is new? And I wrote, John is taking this surprisingly well. But now with Roy's theory that he gave him the 15K so that he could go after J-Lo, that's why it seems he took it so well. That Now that makes more sense, that reaction. See? The tech like, right here. Jeez. <laughs> Grace is posing as a token clerk now. Cops look obvious undercover all over the place. John's on the lookout. Charlie shows up. John smells alcohol on Charlie's breath, says he's drunk. Charlie says he just didn't brush this morning. John tells him to go home. And that's when the torch shows up, but he sees all the undercover cops. Charlie wants to explain what happened with the money. He got dipped. John says, don't lie to him. A lie is a lie is a lie. Torch walks the platform and shoves a guy in front of an oncoming train. (laughs) Cops think somebody fell. They're all going to go check on what happened. Charlie will keep an eye on Grace. Then he takes his eyes off of her as the torch walks up. He sprays her with gasoline. He remembers her. That's his scent she's wearing. It's kind of a creepy line, but it's also a great line. He says he doesn't want the money again. Is he trying to get in on the love triangle too? That's the question I had throughout the movies. What's this guy's end game? Fantastic question. He just likes chaos, apparently, because he's not a very good villain. He just randomly lights some booze on fire. He's got this sweet-ass gasoline rig, and that's all he does with it? I mean, it's not like you, you wonder, like, what's the end game for Jason? 
worries. Like, then you're wondering what it is for this torch guy. Like, I don't know that he needs an end game. He might just be fucking crazy. Look, I thought it was kind of going to be set up for a bigger kind of, this was the main arch nemesis of the movie. And instead it turned out he's just some random dude who appears, sets places on fire and then just disappears. Yep. Random sub boss. It's like three arch nemesis in this movie. Yeah. Right. Robert Blake. There's the torch. And, and then there's, there's just the money train. The guy that Woody lost the, the lost oh, yeah. poker game to. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Brown. I was going to say the train is a nemesis too. Yeah, that's um, true. That's four. There we go. And the old lady. And the old lady. Shit. Oh, the, uh, the old lady. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the bartender's kind of a dick if you ask me. I mean, he's just doing his really? job wiping the bar now. Doesn't really laugh at Woody's joke. I thought Woody's joke was funny. <laughs> that's later, though. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Future callback. All right. <laughs> yeah, future callback. <laughs> Charlie finally sees the torch on her. He starts firing his weapon into a public area where yeah, there are innocent bystanders everywhere. They while drunk. Another, while drunk. We have another chase. He gets to the streets. They're after him. Torch is running like a drunk. For some reason, Charlie fires a warning shot into the air outside, and it frightens a horse, which then starts barreling down on two kids on the street. Charlie runs and tackles the kids out of the way. That was stupid. That was, that was, <laughs> that was, 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 that honestly pissed me off. That, that was he really, really He's a horrible cop. <laughs> yes, he is. Like, he's reckless. Reckless. Well, I, he'd probably be walking the beat on today's streets right now. <laughs> he might be a captain by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Torch runs back down the subway steps. He takes off down a tunnel, searching slowly with his gun drawn. Torch hits him with a metal pipe. Torch tries to gas John. John grabs the pipe. Torch grabs the gun. Says, you see what happens when you play with fire? And Wes says, yeah, you get burned. He Ooh. slams the pipe against the metal covering on the ground. It sparks a flame with the gas. Torch goes to the flames. I wrote, no fucking way. <laughs> this is not how science works. Science! I need a Mythbusters on this now. That is not how science works at all. You just bang a metal pipe on metal covered in gasoline. Boom. Torch runs at him. John tosses him. Train comes through and smokes Torch. Yeah, it's not enough that he was completely engulfed in flames with his backpack full of gasoline. He had to get hit by a train, too. Now Charlie's sitting on the platform. Blake shows up and says he created a shitstorm, scolds him recklessly for firing his gun. He'll help get him out of it. He just has to ask for help. It's your badge, your life, your call. Then won't let Charlie get up. He wants him to do it from down there. Charlie says, kiss my fucking ass. You kiss it goodbye which again i don't understand his authority <laughs> well he just fired him so now apparently, yeah. he's, <laughs> apparently he's a superior officer that's what i found out <laughs> uh, john tries to mediate and blake says charlie's a fuck up john threatens him hold me back says, go ahead take a bite out of me you'll be licking your asshole for a month to get the taste out of your mouth what? and i wrote what saying is that that's one of those lines i had in there i was like i don't i don't get it I don't get it. That's the most insane line of the movie. How do you guys feels today? Let me tell you, feels is a better way to be. Our premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It reduces anxiety. It reduces pain. It reduces sleeplessness. Feels naturally helps reduce stress. Anxiety, pain, sleeplessness places a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Are you new to CBD? Well, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the experience. Me, personally, had a couple of restless nights during this whole pandemic, wasn't sleeping great, 
did a couple of feels uh, the next day. Boom, out like a light that night. You know, get a little joint pain because I'm getting up there in age. A little feel CBD under the tongue. Boom, joint pain gone. Greatly reduced. It's so easy to use. It's so good for you. It's just the better way to do your life right now. It will naturally help you feel better. And there's no high, there's no hangover, there's no addiction. You can join the Feels community, get the Feels delivered to your door every single month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. 50% off. It has me feeling my very best every day, and it helps you too. 50% off your first order with free shipping by going to feels.com slash ding. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash ding. Become a member. 50% off. Taken automatically off your first order with the free shipping. That's feels.com slash ding. I also want to point out, by the way, the sad guitar that's playing, it's ew, 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 that's a staple of buddy cop movies when something has gone wrong with a <laughs> protagonist. We hear that oh, yeah. sad guitar. Yeah. Lethal Weapon made that famous. Yes, it Absolutely. Did. Eric Clapton, yeah. Was it Eric Clapton? <laughs> it was Eric Clapton, yeah. In Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Yeah, it was Eric Clapton. He Jesus worked with the Christ. guy that uh, did the, the music for Die Hard and... Look it up. King of this trivia shit, Jesus. Blake fires John too. <laughs> Charlie tries to side with John and talk shit about Blake, and John says, "No, fuck you, Charlie." Says it won't work out this time. John says they're not brothers. Get the fuck out of his life. Is it the end of the second act, guys? <laughs> are the brothers having a a tough time? Are they down on their luck? They not like each other anymore? Will they bring it back together? Who knows? Let's Man, see. Enemies become friends. Some friends become enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's drunk at the bar, asks the bartender why people don't skydive, because it scares the shit out of their dogs. Then he gets cut off. He's asking for Jägermeister. My problem is you're interfering with me at the embryo stage of a bender. I like that line, too. I like that, yeah. Yeah. You like alternative terms for... The night is a puppy. (laughs) If he said puppy stage of a bender, you would have liked that, too, huh? Yeah. yeah. Charlie goes to the bathroom. Mr. Brown's henchmen are there, and they want the money. Mr. Brown says he won't kill him. They can't keep beating him up because he doesn't. it doesn't have an effect on him. He's being forced to threaten the life of John, and then he throws a hard ER about John for no reason. He sure did. I don't know, well, I guess the reason is, the reason is racism. That's the <laughs> reason. That kind of solved my own riddle there. He gets home, sees the model train, wants to get serious about scouting this money train. Montage of recon. Bartender shows up at John's place. Warns him about the trouble Charlie's in. John goes to the strip club. So, so I just want to ask this question. Does any bartender in the world know where you guys live? No. 20th century, bitch. Yeah. One. <laughs> One does. There's a bartender that knows where you live, Zach? Yes. Wow, boy. But you know what? I take that back. Well, she doesn't know where I live, but I know where she lives because she's a friend of mine and a friend of a friend's who lives in the same neighborhood. So... Yes. Yeah, I'm friends with the owner of my bar that's in my neighborhood. I, I, me too. I'm friends with bar owners. I don't know of a single bartender who knows where I live, though, enough to and comfortable enough to show up, knock on my door. Hey, uh, what's up with your brother? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I have that situation where it'd be like, all right, I think someone's in trouble here. I needed to come talk to you. That's not the situation. Well, Wesley kind of greeted him pretty nicely at the door. Like, hey, Frank. Hey, how yeah, you doing? yeah, right. Like, this is a regular thing. Like, he just, Frank just pops in all the time. Yeah. Is Frank from the Bronx, too? 
everyone's from the Bronx in this movie. He walks into the basement area of the strip club. John takes down the big bodyguard. He goes to the locker room, yells at Mr. Brown, beats the shit out of another one. He takes down another one of the henchmen, which is a guy from Too Fast, Too Furious. He was also in The Departed, so he's a repeat offender. Mr. Brown slashes the face of one of his guards accidentally, and I wrote, that is going to be a big time, my bad, later on. (laughs) You got big balls? I'll cut them off for you. By the way, this strip club has a full kitchen, like a gourmet (laughs) kitchen down there. And somehow the stripper's locker room is even deeper inside than the kitchen is. They got to walk through the kitchen downstairs in order to come up to the main stage. That's just great planning. Also, while Wesley is fighting and he's fighting Mr. Brown, he slaps the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Like he's fighting everyone else, punches and kicks and stuff. But Mr. Brown, he slaps the shit out of him. And finally, Mr. Brown obviously drops the M bomb and Wesley says, who you call a nigga? And then Roundhouse kicks him. And High School Amin was so stoked at that scene. <laughs> I had one of those ones that stayed with me for decades. Like, oh, yeah, you tell him, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Charlie, cutting open some sewer grates on the night of the robbery. He heads down to the subway as John shows up to the bar. Bartender has a wrap gift for John. It's from Charlie. Grace is there. The gift is a model train. John is mad he's going to do it. Tells Grace that Charlie's going to rob the money train, which I wrote, snitch. Says says Blake's going to kill him if he catches him. Uh, She says that he's the only family Charlie has. And then my next note, Wesley Snipes loves to ride a motorcycle. Yeah, did he have a motorcycle before in this movie? (laughs) Or is it just for this scene? No. Did he have a motorcycle in Drop Zone? Yes. And he rides a motorcycle in Passenger 57? Right? I think there's a scene where he rides a motorcycle in that one, too. Charlie gets underneath the stop money train. Blowtorches open the grate to sneak in there. John is riding his motorcycle through Times Square on New Year's Eve. Seems like really bad routing. boy, Bobby! He <laughs> gets in the train, puts it in motion, throws the conductor off of it. He's getting away. John rides through the crowd, then rides down the subway stairs, through the gate, through the walkway, then down the escalator, drives onto the tracks, and into the tunnel. The money train's been stolen. What? The money train's been stolen. Robert Blake is wearing the hell out of that hat and tuxedo, though. Oh, my God. He looks like a mannequin. He's so ready for New Year's. I was so happy for him. He was so ready to cut a rug for New Year's. Oh, man. Yeah, he was. (laughs) He was like, that was his night. We got through the holidays. That's what that was going to be. Charlie's going through the big bags, taking them off the train. He goes up the ladder to the construction area. There are a bunch of cops on horses in the park near it. So he climbs back down. He starts throwing a fit. Plan is foiled. When he gets back on the train, John is there. How did Charlie manage to miss a motorcycle ride by train? <laughs> that is a phenomenal question. Because that is going to be even louder than normal because they're in a fucking tunnel. Tunnel. Yes. Cops are closing in, so they got to put the train back in motion. Blake contacts the train, and Charlie gets on the speaker, does an effeminate voice, and says he'll get his cut. The person or persons on board the money train, this is Donald Patterson. Shut it down. Don't do do that. Before you wind up. Donald, don't worry. The robbery's going great, and I'll, I'll still give you your cut, partner. Toodles. Listen to me, you sons of bitches. I don't know who you are. I will get my hands on you, and I will rip a hole in your throat, suck your heart out, and eat it. Now, I don't appreciate that tone of voice. Sounds kind of murderous, this guy. I mean, my God. He has an anger problem. 
Yes, he does. He goes zero to a hundred so fast. He's also got a strange understanding of anatomy. He does. He does a very strange understanding. John says to bleed the brakes so they can't trip them and stop. Trip the brakes doesn't work because of it, and so now Blake is going to put shooters on platforms, and he wants the construction barricade to stop them. Wow, that train is unstoppable. Oh, God. It's a runaway train. Yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, how is that a feature on on a on a train? By the way, just being able to just bleed the brakes like that. How's that a feature? Is there like a button for that? Granted, not an engineer. I don't think that works. You never know. <laughs> what do you mean? You never know. You, might you never know. It. You never. <laughs> At this speed, speed, it's going to kill them to hit that barricade. Blake updates them with the barricade news and floors them to shut it down and turn themselves in or die. Cops swarm the area. He says that, and Woody says he can't be serious. He said, Woody, the opening scene, he tried to run you guys over just to get right. the train in on time. Yeah. <laughs> Not even like because someone was trying to steal his money. Yeah. He's a killer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a racist killer. He doesn't care. This barricade does not look big or strong enough to do the job. The barricade is getting set up. The cops are getting into position. They're yelling, come on, come on, let's go. And one of the cops says, come on, shake your ass. And I, I was like, what are we doing here? Watch yourself. Now I have time to be dancing. Oh, but you got to set this thing up here. They brace themselves behind some barriers in the train. Cops unload on the train, and the train powers through, so the, pointless. through the barrier like it's nothing. And I wrote, this can't be science either. You're not going to believe this. The money train broke right through the barricade. What? Grace is on her way. She's excited that the news that it broke because she's listened to the scanner. Then instead of clearing the track uh, of other trains, Blake wants to keep these trains on the tracks. He tells the operator to bypass all stops. The money train is barreling down on it. The operator is none other than Radio Rahim. Bill Nunn. Yes. yes. Bill Nunn. Also, why does it matter if they bypass the stops or not? It's a train. It's not like they can drive it to Mexico. Wait a minute. There's a last stop in this situation, isn't there? Yes. Command center guys asked Blake, what if the money train can't stop? People will die. And I wrote, he's kind of acting his ass off here. I believe he's concerned. Beretta says, that's what we live with. And I wrote, Beretta, definitely an anti-masker. <laughs> For sure. John says so the money of mask in prison right now. John says the money stays. Says today is Charlie the winner. He's gonna get this money. Charlie says get out of his face. John says he put him in his face, which is inaccurate because John put himself on the train. That's true. He's got to take responsibility there. He steps on the bag. Charlie charges him. The door opens for some reason. <laughs> Charlie almost knocks John off the train. Then saves him right before his head would have been taken off. Now they're all good and happy. And the music changes. <laughs> we had to have one more fight on the speeding train with the stakes of them possibly falling out it's like come on guys bloody train rams the train in front of it rams it again passengers falling all over the place charlie and john can't stop their train grace is headed to the fort hamilton station john suggests throwing it into reverse the train is going to have a heart attack and flip charlie says he wants john to just jump john says we're in this together Charlie grabs a pole, sets it up to throw the train into reverse next time it hits the train in front of him. They call him MacGyver? They climb outside the train and onto the top of it. Blake shows up to the station. The train is two minutes out. Charlie starts to fall. John saves him this time. They go to the front of the train. As it hits and throws it into reverse, they jump to the train in front of them, which I just wrote, motherfucker, what? So a white man can jump. 
I mean, it's almost like, uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like Mission Impossible one day. Right. Tom Cruise had an explosion at his back that kind of helped him. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have that at all. That science, I believe. The money train goes barreling through so many support beams. Cops are swarming the train. Blake asks that they're dead. There's nobody there. John and Charlie walk amongst the crowd. They walk up to Blake. What are you two bags of shit doing here? You ain't even cops no more. Even as soon as they heard on the scanner. Blake asks, how does your cock work now that you ain't got a badge no more? And then he spits in John's face. Oh, my good God. Yo, oh, oh. You know, in the first scene, Wesley tells Woody, you can't hit him. Why not? Because I'm going to hit him. And then he hits a guy. In the second time they do it, Woody does it to Wesley. He says, you can't hit him. Why not? Why? Because I'm going to hit him. And he hits him. They set this up, and I'm like, how are they going to do this now? And they both hit him. I- <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, no, 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 no. I just got spat in the face by this guy. No, no. A double hit's not going to cut it. I'm sorry. But I just, um, I, I, I love the synergy. They both knew where to go with this. They're the transit twins. Yeah, the brothers. <laughs> he flies like eight feet when they punch him. I mean, he is a small man. Yes, he is. Two punches, you know, that, that would do it. He screams, arrest them, but Grace puts Blake under arrest, but doesn't read him as Miranda writes. She's a terrible cop. And then they fist pump. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Patterson knows his Miranda writes. <laughs> John feels that Charlie has a bag of money in his jacket. He says he knew John would overreact. They walk away arguing as Shaggy plays again with confetti dropping. Roll credits as Charlie is just wildly brandishing money out in the open. So they're walking into the sunset, which is a billboard for the Hilton Hawaiian Village. This is the second consecutive movie that ends with the characters literally going into the sunset. Oh, yeah. Arnold did that. Also, when they come out of the subway station... They're going, we did it. And this is before Wesley knows that Woody had the money. What did they do? What did they, <laughs> this was not the plan. They got away with it. That was the plan. Yeah. It was like, how do you get out of this without getting caught? And they did, regardless of having the money or not. Wesley's thing was like, I don't want you to go to jail. So I'm cool with that. My question is, how do you guys feel about movies that end with banter that slowly fades out? They're walking away and they just banter off into the <sighs> I'm conflicted because I like it, but I want to keep hearing the banter. I yeah. struggle. I, I like try to listen real well. Like, wait, what are they saying? And sometimes the captions just say inaudible, but I can make out words. So it's like, it's not inaudible. You guys just got lazy. Yeah, you're just lazy. How many movies do you know that starts and then ends with the same commercial song? Because that's what happened here. That's a great question. I do feel like, did Deuce Bigelow? European Gigolo do that? <laughs> I kind of avoided that one. <laughs> um, I just Uh-oh. went by you. I just went by you oh, guys. Up open. That was it. I just want to stress for all the Roy, listeners. Like, there are many listeners that do not watch any of the movies and enjoy this podcast quite a bit. So if you don't want to suffer with us, you don't have to. Now, keep in mind, though, you guys did last week, Last Action Hero. I loved that movie as a kid, so I, I knew. And I'm halfway through the podcast before we got started recording today. I thought it was a good movie. Roy, I'm, I'm going to say this. this is, I'm not, spoiler alert from the pod, but I said this. I said, it's a better movie now that we have distance from those action movies of the 80s and early 90s. At the time, it was too close. Now, because we all kind of look at those movies kind of half laughing at them, versus with them, that movie's actually pretty genius. Yeah, you look back at that movie and what it was trying to say, and now we understand, like, hey, wow, this movie is actually smarter than what it was back then. 
Uh, what about this, money train? Well, <laughs> <laughs> with its guitar. <laughs> this boasts having one of the longest sets ever constructed for a film at over 3,000 feet long, 20 feet high, and four railway tracks wide. This set was roughly the same size as two Empire State buildings lined side by side. Jesus. Original plan was to film in the real New York City subway, but the logistics proved to be too problematic. They could have just gave up and said, all right, we're not going to make this movie. <laughs> Twelve New York City subway cars were shipped over to Los Angeles to the film set. They were converted to run on propane so that the rails on the film set did not need to be electrified, which would be a potential health hazard for all of the crew. The movie was developed by Tony Scott. Oh! Ah, Tony yeah. Scott. The better Scott. The wrong boy died. Shout out to what? Why did any of them have to die? <laughs> oh I'm just saying that's a that's a quote from Walk Hard. Remember, like Dewey Cox's dad always tells him, "The wrong kid died." The wrong kid died. Yeah. Uh, Scott left the project and was replaced by Joseph Rubin, who then fired Doug Richardson, the original screenwriter, and the script rewritten. You been down. The sex scene between Wesley Snipes and Jennifer Lopez was not in the original script. It was added after filming had begun. I Somebody made a request. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cameron Diaz and Catherine Zeta-Jones auditioned for the role of Grace Santiago Wow, she beat out two pretty stalwart actresses Yeah Robert Blake claims that his first meeting with producer John Peters consisted of Peters wrestling Blake to the ground At the premiere, Blake said Peters told him he wrestled with Blake to see if Blake would lose his temper I'm what? sure he did in fact, no, I'm I, sure they lost his temper and started the wrestling match. What what I know what I know about him is that he's a pretty even keeled guy. Would never flip out over the minimal thing and escalate to a level of violence probably not necessitated by the situation. Oh no, even, it doesn't sound like him at all. Even killed guy? <laughs> Too soon. And then Maze's favorite thing to mention now: average median shot length is four point two seconds. Ah, that's really good. That's pretty good. Just don't believe longer than the fan. No Tony Medley, obviously, because it's nineteen ninety five. But we can get to the golden dumpsters, Maze. Well, I mainly eat out of a dumpster. <laughs> I should try that. I need some new dresses. Don't. <laughs> or if you do, stay away from the one in Ocean and Wilshire. That's mine. Seriously. Stay out of it. Golden Dumpster nominees Robert Blake as Chief Patterson, The Return of Banter, Stay Black Man, that scene at the bar, the mugging scene where they turn on each other, the old woman that pickpockets Woody, Wesley starting a fire by hitting gasoline with a metal pipe, and then Wesley's roundhouse kick of Mr. Brown. Yeah, I'm going to go off the board here. Uh, my Golden Dumpster on the negative side is Woody Harrelson's hair. It was a mess. Woody's Harrelson? Yeah, Woody's Harrelson. Oh, Woody's Harrelson. <laughs> All right. I mean, is that train gone by yet? You got a golden dumpster? Yeah, my golden dumpster is Woody Harrelson getting his ass kicked, sadly, going over to, to Wesley's house, you know, for sympathy. Looks in the window, sees that, sees that Woody Wesley has just smashed Jennifer Lopez and my coat. Attaboy, my man! After, by the way, Possibly drinking some sour orange juice. Oh, he yeah. he a face after sure. that. Oh, I think that was because of the cut on his lip. Oh, the acid got I think that's cup. what it was. Yeah, yes. I think that's what it was. Because he does that with the alcohol later, too. Well, dude, he's acting his ass off then. He's, he is acting his ass off in this scene. Maze, what's your golden dumpster? My golden dumpster is Robert Blake. 
I've never seen this man act before, and I knew I recognized his name, and that's when I realized that he was a murderer. <laughs> his lines were utterly ridiculous, and it was compounded by his extremely strange delivery. He's a golden dumpster. I think I gotta go... You're not gonna hit him. Why? Because I'm gonna hit him. It's executed three times flawlessly in that movie. Oh, yes. It's Every fantastic. time a little bit better yeah. than the last. Yes. Let's get to phobe or file. I mean, you picked it, motherfucker. So, phobe or file, money train. I loved this movie in high school. I mean, this was, like I said, we walked around quoting it for for weeks afterward. It was, it, you know, every time I see Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, I get really a happy feeling. It, it didn't disappoint in high school. As a grown man now, it drags considerably, and they spend so much time on things that are not to do with the heist you know like the love triangle stuff and the the torch and just general shenanigans between wesley and woody i'm gonna file it but it is by the slimmest of margins i mean if the banter if the chemistry weren't good if they were two different actors who were good actors but just didn't have the same kind of chemistry i could easily phobe this movie just because it dragged so long but because they made it work it just barely crosses the line for me. Roy, Fober file. I'm going to foul this one, and I'm going to foul it solely based on the fact that I knew I was going to come on here, and I wanted to light Robert Blake's ass up so bad. <laughs> so that's why I'm fouling this movie. Like the torch? <laughs> exactly. Swearing your scent. Maze, Fober file. I agree with a lot of what Amin said. The banter and the chemistry between Woody and Wesley is the best part of the movie. It carries the movie. This isn't really a heist movie because they kind of half-assed end up doing the heist like two-thirds of the way through. There's the terrible plot with J-Lo. The Torch could have been a good villain, but he's just out there randomly committing crimes. Like He doesn't even care about money or has seemed to have a point. Mr. Brown's plot was awful. I'm going to phobe it. I got bored. What? Wow. 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 That's shocking. That's uh, a shocking situation right there. Look, I think I think a lot of people go into this looking for the same banter and chemistry that you got in White Men Can't Jump. And I don't think that's totally fair. It's like when we criticize or we saw people criticizing a million ways to die in the West by saying it's no blazing saddles. I think the movie is the movie, and that and that's what it should be. It drags a little bit. It could have cut a couple of those chases down, but again, they built a a two Empire State Building long uh, set, so so I I think that they just wanted to make sure that they got their money's worth with that. But this is a this is a strong file for me. Like this is a great action movie. It's a quintessential Wesley Snipes movie. It's fantastic with the two of them. There's good action. There's good fighting. Great hand to hand combat. There's a weird love triangle going on. Robert Blake is just fucking bizarre in this movie. And I, I could not file this easier. It was a file in 1995. It was a file before I started the movie yesterday. And it's a file today. Wow. Three out of four, everybody. Three out of four. Yeah. I can't believe you, Maze. No, Maze, you know what Maze is doing. Wait, didn't you just... Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Roy, thank you yes. so much for, one, being on the pod, but two, supporting the podcast. Oh, yes, absolutely. As well. 
you know, I listen to every episode. I'm ha- again, I'm halfway through the last Action Hero uh, episode right now, and I am looking forward to the finish. That I love that movie. I'm looking looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it. File from Roy right there. That's gonna do it for this week. Cinephobe, make sure you check out the Levitard show. They got the local hour, the Big Suey, the two hours on radio, and of course the post game show plus the Levitard show and friends network. That's got a bunch of great podcasts, including Stupidity and Mystery Crate. Make sure you're supporting them and downloading and reviewing and all that stuff. Leave a review. If you made it this far on the pod, leave a damn review for the podcast. God damn it. God damn it. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Leave a review. It takes like two minutes at the most. Get it done. Get it done, done. Yeah. It's just it's ridiculous at this point. Leave a review and, you know, you can always uh, hit us up on Twitter about a future cinephobe pick. Yeah, don't be a hater. Exactly. Don't be a hater. Yeah. Don't be a Tony Medley. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. do it you got to keep this money going right i'm going money plane whoa money plane yeah oh my god i haven't seen it i've been waiting for for us to do it i was a little worried for a while that it was gonna not qualify uh by the way we might want to get jujitsu in soon because that thing's climbing a little bit but money plane with kelsey grammar and like a wrestler i think edge adam cole Right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do money playing next week and keep this money vehicle going. Don't worry, I mean, 82 minutes. Oh, thank God. You're welcome. By the way, I'm a part of the Rental Wars now. I had to rent uh, Money Train. Mm. <laughs> you don't have stars either? Stars? Oh, I don't have stars. Stars, if you're out there, come on. Sponsor Cinephobe. They should sponsor us for real. Yeah, they really should. These motherfuckers. All your movies are Cinephobe eligible. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> it should just be cinephobe presented by stars 